everyone, and welcome back to Bears on Tap. I'm your host, Ruben Flores. You can follow me on Twitter at BDON300. As you can see, Ron is already cracking a beer, and I, I, I asked myself why. Because this is the way too early 17-0 and 0 prediction show brought to you by the Bears on Tap, boys. <laughs> we were Ronless last week. We're Joeyless today. Uh, but got the schedule, got the order. We knew the teams for a while and knew who we were going to play, but – the order of it all matters because, I mean, why not? And the win totals are out. Everything is out. So we're going to go through the schedule, go through our predictions, the way too early prediction, as you know, the 17-0 show. But, Ron, how are you today, my guy? I'm good. It's good to be back. It's good to be talking Bears football with you guys. Uh, the Cubs are winning, too, which is all cool and tough. So, you know, spirits are high. And we got a nice ice-cold um, Texas ranch water. Uh, on deck for tonight to talk through the uh, the Bears schedule. I'm excited. This is when this is when we start actually getting excited about football because now we know who the Bears are playing, when they're playing them, and like you said, why we're going to think they win certain games and why we're thinking they're going to lose games. So it's going to be a blast. Yeah, and it's the it's the middle of May. We got three and a half months, four like four months maybe, and then we're right back in the thick of things. But Quentin, how about you, my guy? Man. Uh... One of the things that I always think is a little overlooked in the in the mania of schedule release, because, you know, you get like half people who are pumped up about it and half people who are like, why do we care about this? But just get kind of getting an idea for the way the season's going to flow and the way that like, you know, are, are we going to be looking at a team that might be 5-0 and or 0-5 to start the season and how that might build our our expectations from there, you know, will they will yeah. be a team that has a chance in December that they're, you know, in that, in that playoff picture box that they put up on the TV, are they a team that's going to be fighting to get back into it? And so well, that's, that's something that I'm excited to talk about here. If there's three things that you can count on in this world, it's death taxes and the Chicago bears being in the hunt with like a sub 500 <laughs> record, like a six and five or five and six or four and seven, but like at the very bottom of the graphic. Yeah. And then like a week later it vanishes. But a couple things before we get into the actual Bears schedule. Um, I'm sure you guys saw other teams' schedule releases. I'm sure you guys saw the Bears. Ron, I'll start with you. Do you have like a favorite uh, schedule release from the like an NFL team this year? There were some really creative ones. Like, I'm actually just impressed of how all out some teams went. I think yeah. the one that I saw that I laughed the hardest at because of just how good it was for what they were trying to go for was the Chargers. Because they did, like, an anime one. Yeah. And I'm not, admittedly, not a big anime person. Neither but, like, am I, I know, but I saw that shit, and yeah, I was like... I, like, I know the style <laughs> of the anime that they were trying to portray, and they nailed it. They absolutely yeah. nailed it. It was hysterical. So... Uh, a big kudos to them. I thought theirs was kind of unique and kind of creative. That was actually really the only one I've seen actually outside of the Bears. Uh, everybody else's I, I really haven't looked into yet. But that was one that it was so good wow. people were like sharing we, it with me. Yeah, no, we I have one for, for the least favorite, but Quentin, I'll let you go first. It's it's just disrespectful to say anything but Chargers. That thing was <laughs> all right, yeah, we're all voting that thing was utterly <laughs> beautiful. It was like, so good. They had it, all right. it, it, it. What when they announced the Atlanta game, it was like a Waffle House sign. It said twenty eight um, waffles for three dollars or something like that. It's just beautiful. Did you see, did you see what they they announced for the Browns? 
Oh, like, yeah, like, dude. We can't say it, otherwise it might get us canceled. Or for oh, the Jaguars, they had like dude. a like a, a Jaguar dressed like uh, Urban Meyer in a dark bar, just like sitting at a bar like, stool. It's incredible. I'm like, rib, I'm like rib cracking right now because I'm like thinking of how funny that video was. But yeah. like, yeah, NFL social teams have been getting really creative in, you know, is not to make this – bolts on tap or whatever, but the Chargers social team is usually the one leading the charge for like the funny posts that we see, whether it's team to team just by themselves posting stuff. And like they're, they're an a one team and hopefully they don't get motherfucked like at bears admin does because that would just be terrible because they're hilarious. But I will lead off with the one that I did not like. And I'm sure Ron, you may have saw this one, but it was the Falcons and they just did like, it was like a bunch of chicken wings. Like, I, oh, they, I did see they that. Eat the, but it didn't look like chicken wings. No, it was. They really looked stupid. like dinosaur fossils, bro. Like, I don't know how to explain it without putting it up on the screen. But the Falcons, um, not great at many things outside of the kicking game, where they just, you know, they extended Young Hoku, and uh, it's a good fantasy option for those of you guys. And you know, you can start running through your mock drafts. You're way too early mock drafts, but I think like. They tried too hard, and they just fell flat on their face. Did anyone else see any other teams? Uh, just the, Bear, kind of, the Bears is worth a chuckle. Yeah, so well, hard. yeah. Just with them, like them, just tossing the ball, and then you see the ball flying through the air, and then suddenly it Ooh. lands where they're trying to put it. Like it was, I, it was solid. I actually have another nominee for since you guys both went Chargers, I'll be Devil's Advocate. When we're done, go look at the Lions. Do you know the Detroit survival? guy the guy who like posts twitter and instagram videos he's got he's like an african-american guy he's got like a little ponytail and he walks around in like a swat like bulletproof vest and he just like works in a gym and he just shows people how to disarm people and like how to get out of like getting jumped and stuff and it's like it honestly none of the advice looks like it's credible like you look like if you tried this like you're for sure like gonna get beat up but the lion's had this guy do the release, and it's worth. That's another one that's worth a chuckle. But that okay, one, I'll have to look. That I'll one, have to check that one out. Yeah. That screams Dan Campbell's fingerprints all over. Oh my god! Yeah, no, <laughs> this guy. This guy has been em- embraced by Detroit, and he is like, he's so unintentionally funny that he's just hilarious. So yeah, if you have a second, check out the Lions and uh, check out the Chargers. But the seventeen and O show, and I mean, let's get started. We won't talk about the preseason because. We can. We are going to end up starting the preseason talking about the games beforehand and after. You know, after the games, just like regular games, because why not? You know, this rookie class is very intriguing. We want to get our thoughts out before and after. But for now, we'll start with the San Francisco 49ers, the team that made made it to the NFC Championship last year. I think they really overperformed a team that really was like the Rams' kryptonite until that final game. And they took out the Packers. They they somehow still have Debo Samuel. I don't know if Debo Samuel will still be with them week one, just based on how the receiver market is currently. But, Ron, I'll start with you. How do you think we match up with this year's new San Francisco 49ers? I mean, just look at last year, how they matched up with them. It was a close game. And, I mean, you could argue if the defense maybe doesn't give up as many scores late in that game, 
Uh, they somehow have a chance to win. Justin Fields, probably with one of his highlight plays of the year in that game on the fourth and one, pivoting, reversing field, showing the athlete that he was, um, you know, and, and ultimately scoring a huge touchdown there for the Bears against the 49ers at Soldier Field last time. I think it's going to be an interesting game. I don't think San Francisco is this team that's going to out, you know, outbeat or not outbeat. That doesn't make any sense, but like <laughs> outplay the bears that drastically in week one. Like, I don't think this yeah. is going to be some like 28 to 10 shit kicking or anything like that. I, I think it's going to be a close game. I think the bears have a chance to win it. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll pessimistically say that they won't, but I think it'll be a close <laughs> game. I think it'll be within one score. They are six and a half point underdogs. Uh, okay. For week one, which is there's, there's your one score. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how you handicap a game and what is it? September 11th and it's May 15th. That seems absurd to me. But Q for yeah. you? Um, yeah, it is absurd that there's lines yeah. out. Yeah, like how the, hell the lines that I line. looked at, I love so many dogs right now. Like I just. I'm glad my side doesn't have enough yet because I just be throwing stupid bets on these. I did it last year and I forgot about them. And then week one, I like bet the other side of a few. And I was like, well, I'm even. I guess. Yeah, you can't complain. And I mean, it's week one. It's week one. If there's any week for, for chaos to happen in an NFL season or any any game, you know, football, basketball, hockey, any sport, it, it's week one, game one, match one, where it's just like, we don't really know what we got. We've just been practicing for a while. Let's see. Let's see what it looks like out there on the field. But how do you think we match up against the 49ers this year, week one? Um, I'm gonna be really interested to see how our D line plays because they they lost they lost a lot of weight up the middle. If the 49ers don't have to pass, they're not gonna pass. They got a powerful run offense. Um I think this team's going to fight pretty hard in that game. Week one, you always see more fights out of every team. You know, yeah. more fight, not fights, but more fight. <laughs> um, you like, yeah, I mean, I think back to 20, 2017, the Mike Glennon Bears almost defeated the reigning NFC champs in week one at home. You know, it's just yeah. week one is wild stuff happens, you know, and this team, I think, is going to be well coached, ready to go chomping at the bit for it. I wouldn't be shocked if the Bears win it, um, yeah. especially if Trey Lance is starting the game and, you know, Eberflus can throw yeah. some wild stuff at him, but they'll need to stop the run in order to do it. And it'll be interesting to see what they got up the middle to stop it. Yeah, and it's like if you're not able to stop the run, then that sets Trey Lance up so much easier because then you're going to anticipate, you're going to load the box, and then he's yeah. going to drop it over your head or even worse – you know, Trey Lance is a mobile guy himself. He he's And he's a big guy, too. So it's not like he's a simple tackle in the open field. Obviously, he'll try to get out of bounds and slide and such. But I think, like, what you said makes the most sense where it's like up front we have to be strong because no matter what, whether it's Jimmy Garoppolo or Trey Lance, they're going to run the ball over 30 times, maybe like 35, 40 times. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So that's something we can Come out and say, I don't know about a six and a half point line. I will probably be pounding. I will be pounding the Bears money line week one because why not? But I'll be buying up that half point and taking Bears plus seven for sure. Yeah, plus seven for sure. Yeah, that's why it comes out this early because honestly, I don't see it staying that high by week one. You know, they'll drop a couple. You know how they dropped the, the weekly video of Tua? There will be many of those videos of Justin Fields and those lines will slowly start to shrink. But yeah. I think week one, very winnable game. And 
fuck it. Let's go 1-0. and We're 1-0 through week one, but the going gets tough week two. And in a situation uh, against a team that we don't have the greatest history against as of late, and then two, you, th- you factor in Sunday night primetime game uh, on the road at Lambeau Field against the Green Bay Packers week two. Ron, Start us off. We're we're che- we're without the cheese man. That's who I would start with right now. If we you know had Joey with us, I'd go cheese man first. But I will go with Ron first instead. I'm gonna I'm gonna not try and take too much away from Quentin because I love what Quentin said before we jumped on about this, and I want him to say that. But oh, yeah. I think if the Bears are going to do it and beat the Packers, it's going to be this week, and it's for every reason that Quentin is going to say here in a second. Um, because again. Like they, they always have a shot, right? They always have at least one game where they had a shot. They had a shot in Lambeau last year. Yeah. I mean, that was the, one of the best offensive games we've seen from the Bears in probably all season last year. You know, we had, the had 31 points at the half, touchdown. I think. Yeah. We had the grant return for a touchdown. We had the Demir bird, take it to the house on a, you know, a slant out of the backfield. Like that was a fun game offensively. And even though they lost, like they still put up some points and we're like kind of, Sort of in it. Exciting. So, yeah, like yeah, you, thought, so, you thought you had a chance, and then Matt Nagy said, I'm having fun, and then... Exactly, and then after <laughs> he starts having fun. Um, yeah. Actually, this is a perfect time to bring that up because Scott from Iowa dropped in as soon as the show started saying, he thinks Bears 11-6. and six. He says, hashtag, I said when I said, hashtag playoffs, hashtag Nagy is a jag-off. So that's why I felt perfect. That last um, one's the most important one. Yes, that was the most important one. But because Nagy had fun, they lost. Uh, I think they can win this game. I think if they're going to beat the Packers, it's going to be this one. And I, I just want to turn the floor over to Quentin because he spot on on the head don't want to take away from from his thunder yeah um so what the reason i said if they're gonna win one against packers it's gonna be this one is one week two it's only one week of game film on a new offense and new defensive system the bears will be running um two is luke getsy he knows the packers offense in and out he knows what they're going to be what what matt lafleur is going to be thinking and what their defense coordinator, Joe Barry's going to be thinking the Bears are doing. He's going to know how to use that against them, hopefully. You know, if he's a smart coach, which time will tell. But he's going to he's gonna know how to kind of manipulate that, the situations to his advantage. Um, and then the third thing, which I didn't say pre-show, but Aaron Rodgers is a whole new wide receiver core. Their chemistry is going to be low. They're not going to be on the same page all game. Late in the season, they will be. But early in the season, you're going to get a chance to um, to get the stops that you need to win a game, and that's that's kind of something the Bears need to be counting on here if they want to be uh, getting out of Lambo with a with a W. So, Quinn, you're you're telling me you're not scared of Sammy Watkins? Only if when he turns into a lizard. <laughs> 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 okay, that was good. That was good. Uh, yeah, I mean. I think I like it too because it's still early enough in the season to where you only have three preseason games too. So he's not going to have too much time to get adjusted with his Kmart crew over there that are his receivers that Green Bay fans are so convinced that is like leaps and bows above the Bears receiving core, which I'm not saying that we have a great receiving core, but it's like yours is also hey, very, we got very a guy. unproven. Yeah, we got a guy. We got a tight end. We got some tight ends. We got some receiver. We got some running backs that can catch it out of the backfield too, which I really like. And I think like this is a a, a backyard 
Eric, bullshit game. Anything must go. Trick plays. Good defense. Whatever we have Dude, to do to so, come back to Chicago with a win, I'm all there for. Similar to what they had in the first half until Monday had fun last year. Like they're gonna have to score a lot of points no matter what to guarantee a win against the Packers. Like probably north of thirty, as we saw, thirty-one was not enough last year. So you keep that in mind, but. This is a game where you just got to let it rip because at the end of the day, you have nothing to lose against the Packers. So I also think – I don't know if Fields will stay healthy all year, but I'm pretty yeah, sure for he's going to be 100% for week two. Yeah. And he was not healthy when they played the Packers last year. You know, I mean, he was clearly not right. It was yeah. Like anyone who watched that game could tell his, his throw power wasn't the same. His speed wasn't the same. He wasn't all there. They were, you know, everything was on shorter throws, really, for them. Um, I think he takes that a little personally, too. So I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if he has a little, uh, little bit more of a chip on his shoulder in this game, especially when you think about when he got to Chicago, what he said about he was, you know, all about uh, and, and just playing about, up the, the rivalry here. Think about what he used to do to his old rival. In the first yeah. year that he's gone, what happened to his team without him? Yep, makes you think. So, he's a rival guy. Those games mean more to him. We'll see what happens when we get out there. We, but this is where the schedule gets fun. I think. I think this is where the, the Bears have a real chance to to maybe start turning some heads if they can do what they what we said they'll do in the first two weeks. But week three at home, the Lovey Smith revenge game against the Houston Texans. We talked about it on the stream. We've talked about it on the podcast. You know, the Texans are in the lower the lower fourth, like not even the lower third. Like they're one of the like eight worst teams roster-wise in the NFL. And I think anytime you got that type of team and you're the home team, you should be able to take care of business. Obviously, you got the Lovey Smith factor. Yeah, there we go, another beer. Lovey Smith factor, so it might be a little bit tighter than anticipated, but uh, I'm not scared of Davis Mills, okay? They're not. They're not trotting out to Sean Watson. It'd be a different story if they hey. still had Watson. But Davis Mills would have been the number one pick in this draft. Yeah, yeah but, had he stayed at Stanford, but he wasn't. This was, <laughs> you know what this? You know what this draft was? You know what this draft was? This was a draft full of dudes that nobody should have went number one. Like yeah. they should have just been able to just trade that pick for a first round pick next year, and then and it would just be like, yeah, this is the second pick now. But I think like it's a Texans. Like they're terrible. We're not great, but we're better than the Texans. And like I said, you got them at home. A, a stinker, like a, a twenty-one to like thirteen, like just stupidly low-scoring game with a bunch of defensive stops and turnovers and Davis Mills interceptions. Hopefully, but Ron, I'll kick it to you. What does the Lovey Smith revenge game mean to you? Because this, I think, would this be? Did he get us when he was with Tampa afterwards? I don't think he did. He may have. I'm not sure, but. Um, this will be a game that somehow the Bears find a way to lose because Shut it is the Lovey Smith, because it is the Lovey Smith revenge game. Like, God let's damn it, just be honest, it's gonna happen. They should beat them. I mean, let's let's call a spade a spade. They should beat them. They absolutely should beat Houston. They are a rebuilding franchise, probably more so than the Bears are, and we all know the Bears are a rebuilding franchise. So, yeah, I, I think you know, I don't think it's going to be a blowout by any means for either side. 
again, I think I think almost every game the Bears play this year is probably going to be if they have a chance to win, it's going to be a one score game. Yeah, it's not going to. They might get one game this year where they beat somebody by more than ten points. Maybe. You know but, what it's going to be like? It's going to be like the Lions on Thanksgiving last year, yeah. where it's like we should have won this game in the second quarter, but instead we're winning it on a game winning field goal. That's yeah. how these wins are going to come this exactly, year. Exactly. So exactly. Yeah. So I'm hoping they beat the Texans. They should beat the Texans. Um, me just thinks I have a bad feeling about this game already. And that's where my head is because again, it's the Lovey Smith revenge game and it's just, it's too poetic to not go the Bears. Yeah. Way. Yeah. Good point. So I got, I got a bit of a, a hot take on this game. Um, so Lovey Smith historically is not allowed to win games that involve the Texans and bears. The Bears, historically, are not allowed to win games that involve the Texans and Lovey Smith. This is going to be a tie, boys. We're pounding Whoa. that down. <laughs> I don't care if it's like $5 or $10. Uh, we're pounding that. I'm so kind of with you, Rod. I think they're going to find a way to not beat a team that they should be. I mean, I'd say okay. the Titans, yes, a but six, I'm probably going to bet it that week just because I put it one, in the universe. 16-16, I can see it. Like, yep. each team gets a touchdown and then just three field goals. But uh, <laughs> one thing I want to bring up, Ron, I know you remember the, dooms, the Doomsday Parlay last year that I, like, did not place. There was an article about it. So the Doomsday Parlay was the Jaguars' money line, the St- I think it was the Jaguars money line, Steelers money line, Raiders Chargers tie, and it was like, yes, ten dollars to win ten grand or something stupid, and like, and it almost happened. Yeah, and it almost happened. And like the the preface of the article was like, the not that like because you probably not that many people bet that, but like stuff like that, like future events like that. If something were like that in the future were to happen, we're like, yeah, you may not, it's not fixed, but it could possibly happen. And the odds are that high. It's like, yo, we're going out of business boys. (laughs) But yes, um, we'll bring it up when we get around to week three, but uh, as we will never bet against the bears, but a tie is something that is super sick in the head. And I like the way you think and, (laughs) <laughs> we are now we are now two zero and one, and this the sixteen zero and one show will resume uh, on the road following week, October second. Travel to the Meadowlands to face the New York Football Giants, another team that not really in a great position roster wise. They did a pretty good job in the draft, I think, but they don't they don't really know what they have in Daniel Jones. And uh, as much as it pains me to say, they paid. My guy, Kenny Galladay, $80 million, and he didn't even catch a touchdown last year. Part of that's on their offense. Part of that's on Kenny. But they had, you know, any given week, you could tune into a Giants game and they wouldn't be in double digits in the second half. They'd have like six nine, six or nine, I said six, nine, three, six or nine points. Like they were a field goal machine. Love me some Graham Gano and fantasy, that, but that's about it. Like they don't do shit on offense. Saquon hasn't been healthy. and. I mean, I can't expect too much out of the New York Giants. But, again, such a Bears game to lose. So, Ron, I'll kick it to you. 
Yeah, but they beat this team last year. And I, I don't see this Giants team being that drastically different. They beat the shit out of them last yeah, year. Yeah, so I'm I I have a good feeling about this one. I think this is a game the Bears should win, and I think they will win. Uh, I just want to know is how many shots on Justin Fields does Thibodeau get if the offensive line isn't playing well this early in the season? It's a because, nasty D line. Uh, they got. Some he doesn't dudes. love football, so we'll see how many plays he plays. Hey, that's okay, but he might like kicking the shit out of another human being, and if he does, he's gonna take every opportunity he can to take a run at Fields. And right. like, like Witten said, like that's probably the one big thing that the Giants did was they got better in the trenches on both sides of the ball. They drafted offensive line. They're trying to build up around Danny Dimes, and you know whether Daniel Jones is the answer or not. You you still got to build. You, you can't build a house without the foundation, and that's where they're exactly. that's where they built this offseason that's where they built in the draft so that's going to be an interesting game i don't think it's going to be as, as big of a blowout as it was last year but i i think this is still a game that the bears should win just please pray to god that Kayvon thibodeau does not get a free run at justin fields and just puts them six feet into the ground um because that is in the meadowlands and uh they will take every opportunity to bury justin fields in the mm-hmm. front lawn uh over there in new jersey I just hope I don't get uh, flashbacks to the what was it the 2010 Jay Cutler game in the Meadowlands where he took what nine sacks in the first half or something like that. Yeah, I think he set a record. Yeah, we don't have a good I, history with our quarterbacks up there. No, um, I, I I generally agree with Ron. I think talent wise, these teams are probably pretty similar, but the Bears have I think have I think have an edge of quarterback. More Jimmy's than Joe's. We'll out about that. But um, I do have a bad feeling about this game, though. Just something in my gut. Yeah, the Bears have been beating up on the Giants for three or four straight years now. Like, just we, we've been I whooping think up won on the them. Last three or four meetings. And, yeah. Like, yeah. Since since they upset us in 2018, I think we've played them every year and we've beaten up on them pretty good. Um, especially last year when Mike Lennon was in there. I think they might have some some bad blood. Yeah, they might be due. They might be due. Yeah. So, the Bears ran the score up a little bit last year, too. Which, yeah. <laughs> you hey, know, I, I liked it because my, my, wanna... my, my number one rule of sports gambling is bet against Mike Lennon. Yeah. So, like, I was all for running it up because it covered. But, oh, it's like. <laughs> well, that's the thing, dude. How many times uh, How many times did you bet the Bears last year where you're just like, well, this is probably not a good bet, but I'm going to do it anyways. And it just doesn't Quite hit me. Just about <laughs> every single week. Yeah. Yeah. But that week, it was like, by the second quarter, you're like, I have won a bet, and yeah. it was on my team. So it's a double whammy, baby. It was like, <laughs> we're back. Yeah, we're the Bears are back. <laughs> Get your Super Bowl future. I know we're eliminated from playoff contention. I don't care. Give me the Super Bowl future. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Giants – like you said, talent-wise and just the history over the last few years, it could be one of those games that could maybe be a little bit closer than anticipated, but I think we have enough to get us over the line and get the win against them as well. But I don't know. The Vikings on the road. This is a – you know you're probably going to split with the Vikings every year, or at least in the current state that both teams are. But I think this is this is the first real test uh, of the secondary for our young corners. Because you got Palin, you got Jefferson, you got Kirk Cookie Cutter Cousins, who isn't the best quarterback, but with those two receivers, has had a history of 
He's either going to throw for 91 yards or he's going to throw for 391 yards. And you don't know what, what game you're going to get from him until you get in the game. So I think, you know, you have a couple weeks to build up some steam, to build some momentum as, you know, who's the best receiver that they're going to see in the first four weeks of the season, maybe Galladay or Brandon Cooks. Like, that's not that's not the quality of Justin Jefferson or Thielen, you know. So this is going to be that first real test for them. But I think – I think ultimately the Vikings, they, they get this one at home as, as much as I hate to say it. I'm sure come, you know, the week of the game, I'll change my mind. But just look ahead at the schedule. It's one of those games where you think the Vikings will probably probably put up like 28 on us, maybe close to 31. So I don't know if we can match it. Yeah, I am just ready to hear every single time the Vikings do anything good in that game Those because bastards. it is in Minnesota. But – I agree with you. I think that's good. Yeah, and the, the game last game. year too was fucking terrible, brutal. Was there? Got to witness yeah. it in person. Uh, thankfully, I had enough a couple cold ones to uh, numb the pain a little bit by the third quarter. But I, I mean, I, I'm right there with you, Bidon. I think this is a game. Unfortunately, they lose. It is in Minnesota's building. That's going to help. Uh, I think the only saving grace they might have is the fact that, again, kind of the same point with the Packers is. There's not a lot of film out there. Maybe you get a chance and somehow win it. And if I remember correctly, uh, what, Janeko, right, is his name? Uh, quarterback's coach now for the Bears, uh, coming from Minnesota. So maybe maybe they get a little insight. Maybe it's the Luke Getzey effect, but with the Minnesota Vikings. I agree, though, if they're going to split with the Vikings this year, Minnesota's going to get the one at home. Um, I just hope Justin Jefferson doesn't gritty his way to the end zone like 12 times in that game and absolutely embarrass Kyler Gordon and company. Well, I think, I think the one game at home, they kept him out of the end zone, right? They did. Was yeah. there. It was very cool. I like so, that. That, uh, I think this one's going to be a great case study. Is Kirk cousin are the bears in Kirk cousins head because he grew up a bears fan or were Keem Hicks and Khalil Mack in Kirk cousins head. This this is going to be the first game in a while that we've seen Kirk Cousins against the Bears without those two, and he has not done well against the Bears. He just he, like you can't look at his career stats against the Bears versus career stats versus other teams and say this is the same quarterback. So it'll be interesting to me to see that because he did grow up a Bears fan, and they might be in his head from that, or it might have just been the beating he took from Mac and Hicks. It, it, I, I'm interested to see that. Um, I think the Bears can keep this one close. I honestly think the Vikings are being overhyped. I don't think they're like they, they have they have some really good receivers, but outside of Calvin, that, oh yeah, I, Calvin Cook if too, it's the yeah. same Kirk Cousins that we've seen against the Bears in, last year, I'm not that worried about him. You know, um, and yeah, Dalvin Cook. I don't know. I just have a hard time being. Maybe I'm. Maybe I'm just like delusional because of how good the Bears' run defense used to be. That, but Dalvin Cook, he, he never, I've never seen him do that much damage against the Bears. Even when he got into good numbers, it didn't feel like he dominated the game. Um, so, yeah, and I don't think their defense is all that good. Daniil Hunter's a problem. Sedarius Smith could be a problem, depending on how he is next year. He barely played last year. Um, but aside from those two, like the interior, their, their D line is nothing that you you're that scared of you could run on these guys i think and you can set up a lot with it plus the like you said the Janoco factor with it like i feel like the bears can be right there in this game but 
being in Minnesota, I would lean Minnesota. Yeah. So, unfortunately, we don't make it home with, with a dub from Minnesota. But it gets easier after that. Short turnaround, Thursday night football, Amazon Prime game against a team that has a new name. I said it's an XFL import in the Washington Commanders. Uh, Carson Wentz show arrives on a Thursday night in Chicago. <laughs> this is going to be one of the worst primetime games of the entire season. I'm just going to go out and say it. It's two, like, transition franchises right now, two of those those purgatory teams that, like, they're not terrible teams, but they're not really, like, good teams. So this game, anything goes. Like, I think ultimately we should be able to, to have a, enough of a pass rush to get up after Carson Wentz and find a way to – you know, make things tough on him. They have good playmakers in McLaurin and Gibson and, you know, whoever the heck's toting the rock because they like to switch it up in the backfield. But their defense took a significant step back, and I think, like, this is a good opportunity at home to run it up on a team to get some points. Yeah, Yeah. I I, I honestly can't tell you a whole lot about their defense aside from the Alabama D-line that they have which is really good. Their D-line is very, very good. And as a Bears fan, honestly, I'm worried about that in this game. Their D-line could win this game for them straight up as long as Carson Wentz doesn't throw it away while they're winning it, which is where I'm hopeful. (laughs) Yeah, I'm right there with you, Q. I'm also very hopeful there. This is the game that, like, if Gordon and Brisker haven't gotten an interception yet in the season – this is the one where it happens. Yeah. Like Carson Wentz, if the Bears D-line gets any level of pressure on Carson Wentz, it's going to be an ugly game. Uh, I agree with beat on. It's probably going to be the most disgusting primetime game of the season uh, just as it stands right now. But I am hopeful. I am hopeful that the Bears can beat um, the XFL Washington Commanders uh, at Soldier Field on the Thursday night. Um, and maybe, Commanders. just maybe. Uh, maybe we get a pick six. I want to. I'm going to call it right now, and I'm going to go on record. I want a Jaquan Brisker uh, pick six. I feel like that would be sick. Um, it'd be a great way for him to have a coming out party against a team that you know. Again, Carson Wentz is your quarterback, and uh, can we just remember that he was the second overall pick? Like that's really uh-huh. funny. He like he had an MVP year. He got hurt, and then he was just never the same quarterback. He almost like, won an MVP and got a Super Bowl ring, though. Yeah, wild. Wild, yeah. absolutely wild. Football's a weird sport. Roller coaster of a career for the young man Carson Wentz, the young thirty-two-year-old. But yeah, is he thirty-two? No, but in my head, he's thirty-two. He basically he's probably like he's probably like (laughs) twenty-eight. But but uh, the next game on the schedule. So obviously, with the Thursday night game, you get a, a nice you know layover. They don't play again until October twenty-fourth against the New England Patriots at New England. And Patriots, they went on a run last year. They were a playoff team. They weren't great in the playoffs. You know, they got shit pumped by the Bills. But I I, I don't know. The Bills are one of the best teams in the NFL, so I don't, I don't hold that against the Patriots. I think, like, this is going to be a low-scoring game, a game where both teams are probably going to run the shit out of the football. Mac Jones – may get more opportunities to prove what he can do in the passing game this year, but he didn't show too much to New England, you know, to to Belichick and all them last year. So I'd be surprised to see what type of game this is. But 
they could have a chance to win this one, but I think I think ultimately New England has a little bit more of a talented team than us. Yeah, I mean, I, I this is Monday Night Football, isn't it? I believe it yep. is. Monday Night Football so, at the Patriots. Monday Night in Foxborough. Patriots O-line is – they're hogs, man. They got a good O-line. They're going to dictate this game, I think. Um, the receivers, they – I was just pulling some info on them today uh, for a podcast episode, and they added Devontae Parker. They added uh, – the kid out of Baylor in the draft for more speed. Like they, they got receivers. They got an O line. They got a stable of running backs and they got a Bill Belichick led defense. I think the Patriots are going to control this game from start to finish. It, it might feel closer than it ever is, but I think the Patriots are just going to win this in a game that looks pretty easy on the scoreboard, but the bears fight it, like that's kind of where I see it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'll keep it real quick and real short, beat on, so you can you can analyze this one. Uh, I might be starting work a little later on Tuesday morning because I'm just going to need to drink away the pain of watching the Patriots shit pump the Bears on Monday Night Football. So that's where my head's going to be at because uh, I agree. I think the Patriots are going to just control this game, and they quite honestly might win by 17 or more points uh, if it goes in their favor. Yeah, and it's Monday home. Night Football. They're at home, and it's prime time. Like That's just where the Patriots come to play. It's where Bill Belichick – Bill Belichick – is always ready for the bright lights in the big city of primetime. And it's just, it just, I don't like if, this matchup. If there's a saving grace, it's that I think Justin Fields is a big primetime guy. Yes. Like that's the old, that's the only hope Love in that. this game, that Justin Fields can just start going, you know, play for play with the Patriots. And I mean, I will see if he can do that. You know, he did against the Steelers last year, but I don't well, know if he's can- doing it. Bill Belichick's got to be out of his prime. He's on his way down. He's on, on his way out. So maybe we can sneak one over on him. Yeah. Next game, another road game, another quality opponent. Dallas Cowboys, Donna Jerry's World, Sunday, October 30th. Weird, weird team to play at their at their place. I feel like they always win at home. Like they're a very good home team. Um they're a pretty damn good team. They're not good in in the in the playoffs, but they'll beat the shit out of you in the regular season. Like they like to put up points. They have weapons on offense. You lose a guy like Amari Cooper, but I still think they have enough in that receiver room. And then, you know, I'm not going to say Zeke's Zeke's an, an elite back anymore, but the the con, the combination Tony of, Pollard, yeah, might the, be. yeah, the combination of <laughs> Zeke and Tony Pollard, and then you know Dak when he runs is is a pretty damn good running game. And and I think they're pretty solid on the defensive side of the ball. So tough game. I don't think that the bears as currently constructed win this game, but I think it still has the chance to be an exciting game and a close game. I don't think, you know, we're going to get like absolutely shit pumped, but I think Cowboys just got a little bit more than us. Welcome to the Dallas Cowboys trap game, folks. I think the Bears do win this one because I just don't think the Cowboys are going to be ready for Chicago. They're going to overlook them. And I got to look at Dallas's schedule because I'll tell you what, if Dallas has a big NFC East matchup in week nine or a big just like primetime opponent or something, and I'm, I'm going to do a little research here in a second, but like if that's the case, they're going to overlook the Bears. And you don't think Matt Eberflus, who was a positional coach down in Dallas, would love to get a dub in his first season in Jerry World? 
I think this is a game that if the Bears are going to have one quote-unquote marquee win where they're total underdogs and nobody expects them to win, it's going to be this one against the Cowboys. Yeah, I'm kind of I'm I'm a bit on the same lines as you with thoughts on this one, Ron. Um, the Cowboys every year have a few games again at home where they're just a little complacent, overlooked teams, and let them hang around for way too long. Just I'm not sold that the Bears are going to pull it out, but this is going to be one of those games where it's like America America's game of the week. And you're only paying half attention, and you look up at 6 p.m. and the Bears are up by three, and there's two minutes left, and you're saying, "What is going on? How yeah. did this happen?" Like that's I, I don't I like the Cowboys might pull out a last minute victory there, but I think this is going to be a hard fought game, especially with the Eberflus factor with the ties to Dallas. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And dare I say, this this might be uh, Mike McCarthy's swan song. Love oh that. Hey, God. this quickly, might be one of the moments that that does them in. Just adding to the to the fire here, boys, real quick. Just looked up their schedule, so they are on by. It looks like the week after, oh, and after. then they have, and then they have the or the then they have the Packers in prime time, three twenty five. Yeah, they get game. smoked by the, the pack. week after. So this very well could be a game they overlook to get to that bye week, and I totally still stand by what I said. Yeah, they usually get smoked by the Packers, so could overlook us. But I think uh, prior to this game, we're going to have to get a, uh, a some pregame lines on the Gene Short-Jordan combo that we'll see in the crowd because it's it's undefeated. The Dallas Cowboys yeah. starter, ca- starter yeah. back? Yeah, it's usually like a bald guy, <laughs> but – Every single time, it's always just like the jean shorts galore. So I, I always love that about the uh, the crowd shots when we're in Dallas. But moving on, um, instead of jean shorts, probably uh, you know those little those little inseam shorts, you know the little boxer brief length ones. But instead of going to Miami, the Dolphins come to see us uh, at home, and I'm gonna go on and say it: Tua Tagovailoa is not a good quarterback. The Bears win this game at home. It's going to be an ugly game. It's going to be like a like a 17-13 game. Like both teams aren't great on offense. Both teams have pretty good defenses or at least, you know, middle of the pack defenses that every now and then have that great game. But, like, Tua does not scare me. Yeah, they got Tyreek Hill, so what? Like, you just have to box him in because that deep stuff – they can practice it as much as they want. Tua Tagovailoa is not that guy. And, I mean, I don't even know who their backup is anymore. Probably better than Tua. But either way you look at it, like I think the Bears squeak out an ugly win at home against a team with a similar roster to them, I guess, you, if you will, aside from the fact that we don't have a Tyreek Hill. Yeah, yeah uh, we do have a Tyreek Hill. His name is Valus Jones Jr. Um but I did right. want to ask how uh, the over-under of two-and-a-half of Tyreek Hill peace signs that he throws up to the Bears' defense in this game because I know two is not that guy under. that's really deep, but Tyreek's a guy that all you got to do is get the ball in his hands and he can take it the distance. So I- I'm intrigued to see. I absolutely think this is a winnable game for the Bears because I agree. I think Miami is going to be the team that, quote-unquote, won the offseason and then kind of falls flat on their face come the regular season. Um, but it'll be close. This is definitely a game that can go either way for the Bears. Um, but I think them being at home and not having to deal with that Miami Heat 
in November is going to be helpful for them. And maybe, just maybe, they somehow find a way to keep Tyree Kill under control and maybe squeak out a win at Soldier Field. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think the weather's going to play a factor here. I mean, that the average high for this day, I was looking it up the other day, is 45 degrees. Like, oh, yeah. it's not it's not cold necessarily, but it's not Miami. You who's know, their, who's um, their coach now, too? Who's their head coach? Um, and Mike McDaniels. This will be about the time where teams are figuring out on film how to take out Mike McDaniel's offense, and we're going to see if he can no. adjust or not. I have a um, perfect plan. And uh, what is it? We Stop just drop. We just we just drop off a bunch of edibles to the team hotel. <laughs> he just he just oversleeps the team bus to get to the game the next day. Like, do you go. think Mike McDaniel's going to turn down a bunch of edibles? Don't I don't think so. I don't think so either. <laughs> <laughs> um, so like. The type of defense the Bears are going to be running under Eberflus is built for quarterbacks like Tua. Like that, that this just plays right into their bread and butter. Um, but the thing that can get in the way of that is Tyree Kill having a 2005 divisional round Steve Smith type game. <laughs> Don't you say that. <laughs> Don't bring back that pain that I didn't that. need to relive. I'm sorry. Oh. I had to. Um, because that's, I mean, you think about it, DeLome was a similar style quarterback. He didn't yeah. have a big arm. He wasn't going deep, but gotcha. like Hill was just there or not Hill. Smith was just there, you know, and all just, five, he nine of hit guys. He, he could throw all the ducks up. He wanted because Steve Smith, you know, that's the only way that, that, that I don't think the bears win this. Game, I got, I got one for Jake DeLome played in more Super Bowls than Aaron Rodgers. Or at least the same amount, right? Because Rogers only played. Was he played in one, or was he played in two? One. Yeah. I don't think Rogers ever lost the Super Bowl, and he's only won one. So. Yeah. So Jake Delhomme, two-time Super Bowl appearance guy. Hey, Rex Grossman's tied with him too. Yeah, Rex Rex Goatsman. But yeah, I think uh, Bears got enough to beat the Dolphins at home. Like like you said, November sixth, middle of the season. Two as a shit box. We're going to win this This is game. around when uh, Teron Armstead goes down every year, too. So, Oh, my gosh, you're terrible. <laughs> All <laughs> right. So the week after this, I think this is a game that everyone circles on their calendar, you know, every year, the Detroit Lions at home. Now, it's a little bit different this year. I think look what the Lions in the draft, bringing guys like Jamison Williams, bringing guys like Aiden Hutchinson, they brought in a lot of talent this year in the draft, and Dan Campbell is a culture guy. And I mean, it may not it may not mean much to like the average listener, but like, you know, they were like the second best team against the spread last year. Like every single week, people thought they were going to get shit pumped, and every single week they were firing until the last whistle. And I think like that's a team that. No matter what, you're going to get their best shot week in and week out because they're in that that young, you know, young coach, young team. We can accomplish anything, and those are the most dangerous teams. I think the I'm not going to compare them to the Bengals because I don't think they'll have near the success the Bengals did last year. But I think like if you look at a team like the Bengals last year, that's what I kind of think like the Lions will want to try to emulate. But we're big brother. We beat them every year. We're going to beat them at home. We're going to beat them on the road again. And this just happens to be the first one that falls on the schedule. 
Death someone taxes. someone in Lions Twitter is going to come back and clip me too if we lose this game. So Absolutely. That, so that's um, great. But. Death, death taxes, <laughs> the Lions know how to cover on the spread. Yeah. Uh, that's going to happen. I think the Lions will cover on the spread. I think the Lions team is going to be much better than they have been in years past. Uh, that still being said, I, I agree. I think this is a game the Bears should still win. Um, I don't believe in Jared Goff. I think that's a large part of it. Um, yes, Detroit is building. Yes, they are getting better. But I, I think we get at least one more year where we can circle the two Detroit Lions games and say we confidently those are wins for the Bears. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and still ride that idea and that it will be a Bears victory. But the Lions will cover because, like I said, death taxes and the Lions always cover on the spread. And, that, and that's even if it's a if it's a plus one and a half. I'm talking 17, 16, real shit boxery. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> so, in the, for this one, this one, this is the home game, right? Yeah, this is the home game. Yeah. The Lions. I'm not even worried about the Lions cover. And I think Eberflus and his defense are going to eat Jared Goff's lunch. Wow. Um, I think the Bears are going to roll this game. The other one, I'm not so sure about. Yeah, no, this that's one, the one that we should feel pretty good about. Because that's probably Thanksgiving. That's usually always Thanksgiving. No, That's not this year. Not, oh, thank God we don't have Thanksgiving this year. All right, sweet. No Thanksgiving game. Next, after the Lions, uh, the chicken wing team themselves, the Atlanta the Falcons. Wings. Maybe the maybe the guys will you know stop over at Magic City after you know they beat the team. You know they beat the Falcons, but I think Falcons, Marcus Mariota, like ew, like what are the Falcons going to be this year? Who knows? Maybe they'll be good. Maybe not. Probably not. I don't know why I said maybe. Probably not. But the Falcons have good young playmakers in, in Kyle Pitts and, and in Drake London. And you know, if they get it if they get it across the fifty, they're at least getting three. So a game that we should win, but historically, uh, there is no game the Bears should win because the Bears always lose those games or at least underperform in those games where we're like, yeah, you know, I feel really confident going into this game that no matter what happens, we'll come away with the victory. My my favorite Bears-Falcons memory is Big Dick Nick coming in with the visor and, and willing the Bears back to victory. Uh, but I'll tell you what, you know what I, I do love here is – uh, the Bears can't get distracted. They can't be thinking about the uh, the Chick-fil-A that's served in the stadium because, unfortunately, it's closed on Sundays. So, um, you know, it, it, and honestly, I'm not afraid of Kyle Pitts. You know why I'm not afraid of Kyle Pitts? Because Jaquan Brisker is a Chicago Bear. This guy feels like he is I'm, – I'm super hyped about Jaquan Brisker. I honestly think the Brisker-Eddie Jackson tandem could be one of the best safety tandems in all of football. And if Brisker gets the assignment of you are to shut down Kyle Pitts over the top and Roquan Smith gets him down underneath, Kyle Pitts ain't doing shit against the Bears defense. It's going to have to to be a guy like, uh, you know, a Drake London, or it's going to have to be the run game that beats the Bears in this game. The Falcons might be in more more of a weird area of purgatory than even the Bears are right now. So I'm going to go ahead and chalk this up as a dub for the Bears. The dirty birds have the upper hand. The birds have the upper hand, man. They got all the intel on the bears. There's too oh, much familiarity. Oh, that's right. that's There's too not much it. familiarity. Stop it, no. Ryan Pace is going to be Ryan going around Pace. to his linebackers telling them, hey, you tickle David Montgomery's armpit, he's going to fumble. 
<laughs> he knows everything. He knows this whole, he knows the Bears roster. He knows like half the Falcons roster knows everyone on the Bears roster, or at least half of the Bears roster. Like there's half too much familiarity here. Yeah. It's, this is a Bears South. And that worries me. These guys yeah. know the Bears players way too well. Oh and that God. really worries me. And I'd like their coaching uh-huh. staff, their head, their front office. They all like, Trap game, Listen, bro. I'm worried Mar- about this one. Marcus Mariota is not a state. We're not going to lose to Marcus Mariota. <laughs> He's like going to agree with you. He's going to catch his own touchdown pass again. Yeah, <laughs> I gonna swear be that to God. Again. All right, so <laughs> I'm tired. Fucking Falcons, dude. You know what they got to do? They just got to. Uh, they got to have the Falcons with a lead late, and they just cut to Arthur Blank on the sideline, and then we'll. There you go. He's got to make that turns. happen. Nothing else. Nothing else before that matters. And then too, yo, Justin Fields is from Atlanta. Come on That's now. True. You know you're right. You're Justin right. Fields That's is from Atlanta. He is factor. not losing this game. No shot. He's a huge Falcon. He grew up a huge Falcons fan. Yep. And he's they gonna want to beat him. Draft him. They drafted a tight end instead of him. That's a great point. He's I like cool. that angle. I like that angle. This is this Top is three fifty. 350 and four tutters for Justin. I like that angle. Oh I like God. that angle better than mine. I'm still I'm a little worried. I'm maxing out. I'm maxing out every <laughs> single angle, line on Justin angle, Fields that day. Your angle gives me PTSD, Quinn. I just have to- <laughs> I, I, I'm full of them tonight. <laughs> so fo- following, all right. So I haven't been saying the week. So after week 11 against the Falcons, we go week 12 at the New York. So we go to the Meadowlands twice. So the Meadowlands don't kill a bunch of ankles or cause a bunch of injuries the first time around. Expect to see some injuries here the second time around. The Meadowlands is like the – it is known that this is the shittiest field to play a football game on in the NFL. And we have two games on the field this year. Don't like that. The Jets, people are like pounding their five-and-a-half wins, win total. Like it's like a – like it's the golden ticket from Willy Wonka. And it's like – it's the Jets, bro. It's literally the Jets. And – Frisky defense, don't know what you're going to get on offense. Terrible offensive line. We're not able to protect Zach Wilson last year. I uh, had a couple creative players in Mike White and whoever the hell else, Josh Johnson, come in and, and do some things. But Mike White's a legend. Oh, yeah. yeah, Mike, The Mike White game. Where were you for the Mike White game? But, <laughs> yeah, uh, talent talent differentiation, however the heck you want to say it. We're a better team than the Jets. I think we steal two games at, at the Meadowlands. We beat the Giants and the Jets at their home field. So I don't think this – as much as you guys will want to say this may be a trap game, nah, we'll beat the Jets. We'll take care of business against them. I think it just comes down to what Zach Wilson does as a second-year quarterback. Does he really take that next step forward and actually utilize the weapons that they've tried to put around him? Elijah Moore is an incredibly good receiver. They've loaded up at various positions offensively to give him more help. Does that make a difference, though? That's going to really be the key here. And it'll be late enough in the year where we kind of know what this Jets team is. Are they the shitbag Jets that we're so accustomed to of recent years? Or are they the Jets, you know, under Rex Ryan that wanted to go get a goddamn snack and go to the playoffs every year somehow? So it's really going to be a tale of two teams, I think, right now. And it really, to me, comes down to what Zach Wilson does as a second-year quarterback. That's going to, honestly, to me, be the most fun thing about this year because – you look at, you know, the rookie class, Kenny Pickett's probably the only one that's actually like 
getting playing time this year at any capacity. And I hope not because I want Mitch to fucking ball out because we love Mitch. But, like, realistically, it's going to be more analysis on the second-year quarterbacks from last year's draft than it is, I think, going to be on the analysis of the rookie quarterbacks this year. So it is going to be the Justin Fields, the Trey Lance, who we see in week one, the Zach Wilsons, who we're now going to see in this game. Like, it's it's really going to come down to that. So does Zach Wilson become what they thought Zach Wilson was going to be as the number two overall pick? Or like you said, do the Bears sneak into Meadowlands and steal two games and steal the Jets lunch in you know week twelve uh, before they have to come back home and deal with the fucking cheeseheads again? I, we'll I have a uh, a fun content idea for the Jets next season. Not to make it Jets on tap, but the Jets are usually ten point underdogs, and they usually get like say like one or two wins a season on those games. Let's pick like three weeks next season to just pound the Jets money line and just be Jets guys. Just like screaming at your okay. television. Okay, not like not like, not like obliterate it, like a, a little sprinkle, a little sprinkle yeah. on the Jets. A little, yeah, a little sprinkle, but not this so, week. It ain't happening this week. So for this game, I just well, let, let's take a step back in time to like. 2016, 2017, something around there. You got the two best high school quarterbacks in the country, Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. Fast forward a few years in college, in the college football playoff, the next two straight years, it's the Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields story. Fast forward to the 2020 NFL draft, all of a sudden, this kid from Salt Lake City has surpassed Justin Fields somehow that no one really understands. And then he goes number two overall. Fields falls down the draft board. And I think he's I think he remembers that. I think he remembers how much that money that cost him in per game checks. I think he remembers how he's standing at the combine throw or at, at pro days watching Zach Wilson's pro day and saying I did all that better. I think Fields is going to go off this game. Yes. Get me hyped about that. Beat on. You're on mute, bud. My bad. My bad. I was looking at the schedule. And it's back to back from the Falcons game. We could see like 800, like 750 to 800 yards in back to back, or not not in back to back weeks, but combined through these two weeks, like just an absolute, like, I think these two games is like, is Justin Fields John Wick? Did yeah. somebody kill his dog? Who I don't know. Who but, off you know, it sure looks like it. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, so after the Jets, uh, you get the Packers at home December 4th. I don't know. One thing that I will say and that I haven't mentioned yet, it's week 13, and we yet we have not had our bye week. So I think, like – Although I like us in week two against the Packers early in the season, no chemistry. I think like the Packers will have a better chance at beating us in this game than in the first one. Aaron Rodgers is telling the Soldier Field faithful that he owns them again in this one. That's all I have to say about it. They're not going to win this game. Wide receiver chemistry will be there by then. I mean, I I think the Bears will be getting a reality check here. They've had a soft spot of the schedule, and this is a chance for them to say – can we hang with the big boys? And I, I think the Packers are gonna, gonna, yeah. you know, bring them back to reality. Unfortunately, shit. Matt, Lef- Matt Lafleur is a midget, so 
<laughs> but, uh, all right, so now that I mentioned it, after week 13, they get their bye week, week 14, the week of December 11th, and it goes into the final home stretch of the season. We have four games left. First one, December 18th, against the Philadelphia Eagles at home. And Eagles were a playoff team last year, Brady team, Jalen Hurts. You know, this is that year where Philadelphia is really going to try and find out if, if Jalen Hurts is that guy. Um I think this is going to be a tough game. I think we could win this game, but I would not. I would also not be very surprised if we lost to the Eagles. Football gods, please, for the love of God, keep Jordan Davis off of Justin Fields. That's all I am praying for because former Georgia teammates they they were together when when Field. I think Fields was a freshman. I don't know if Davis is a, a junior or a senior, but they may have crossed paths there. Nonetheless, we don't need any bulldog on bulldog crime in any capacity here. Um, I just, Friendly it's going to be a fire. tough game. It's going to be a tough game. I really think this is going to be a very competitive and exciting game. I think the Eagles squeak it out, but it's going to be close. It's going to be three, maybe four points. I mean, it's going to be a close game. I don't think that either team wins by more than a touchdown here. Yeah. I think, uh, Eberflus is, is going to be a guy who is putting in some real good strategy throughout a bye week, really getting his guys ready, but I think the Eagles' strengths are right where some of the Bears' weaknesses are, yeah. and I think that's going to be tough to overcome. I think it's close all game. I think he, I think the Bears do everything they can, but I don't think they can pull it out. Yeah, and I hate saying that because the Eagles are a shit box team, but they are they are getting better. So we'll give the them. Birds that. continue to have the upper hand. Um, this one Saturday, Saturday football <laughs> to the Bears. The Bears have now – they got a Sunday night game. They got a Thursday game. Even though it's not Thanksgiving, they got a Saturday game, and they got Monday night. But this game, uh, you know, when you pull up your phone on that, you know, specific Saturday and, and look at the matchups for the day, I, I want to say the Bears will have a less than 10% chance on ESPN uh, FPI to win this game. Uh, the Buffalo Bills. Oh, uh, uh, this is the Christmas Eve miracle game? Yeah, we're going to get absolutely shit pumped, dude. Like, the Bills – I mean, they're good for one clunker a year, but that's usually an in-division clunker against, like, yeah, the Titans, the Jaguars, or the Colts. So yeah. we'll see what happens. Or not – no, that's not the division. They're they're in the fucking AFC. The Dolphins, the, the Dolphins, Patriots, yeah. or the Jets. Last year it just happened to be against the Jaguars. I don't know why I said that. But, yeah, last year they, they lost to the Jaguars in a, in a weird, weird game. But, yeah, Josh Allen, uh, I can just see him doing – crazy things like this is going to be a big test for our secondary because the bills while they're not as top heavy as a team like the vikings you saw like the guy like gabriel davis who popped off the four touchdown game in the playoffs like they have uh and anybody can get it done on any given sunday mentality and i think that'll be a very tough game for the secondary and a very tough game for the linebackers too because I mean, you see Josh Allen get helicoptered weekly. Like, this dude runs like a running back. He doesn't run like how a quarterback runs. So, as much as I'm going to get up for the letdown on this game, like, the Bears really don't have a realistic shot at winning this game. Unless, like, Brian Hoyer or whoever the heck their backup is is playing at that time. I don't even know who their backup is. I just threw out a random – a guy from the random fraternity of backup quarterbacks. But, yeah, I I don't see them beating the Bills. 
All I want for Christmas is not get beat by 28 or more points. That's that's where I'm at in this game. I'd be shocked if the Bears win. Really, I think the only way the Bears win this game is if the Buffalo Bills have major injuries at major yeah. positions. Otherwise, the Bills are just such a complete team. Again, they're in the conversation to be in the Super Bowl, not where the Bears are as a – I think they're know, the favorites. Team. The favorites for the Super Bowl, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Josh Allen arguably is a, a favorite for MVP this year. So – it's gonna get ugly, and of course, it's on Christmas, and it's gonna damper my my Christmas mood a little bit. But again, all I want for Christmas is not lose by more than twenty eight points. Yeah. So I'm I'm gonna preface this with I am not optimistic about this game, but last November, the Colts went into Buffalo and beat them forty one to fifteen. I do. Josh recall. Allen threw two interceptions. 60% completion, only 200 yards. Uh, let's see, one sack and any fumbles here. So you're saying that I don't Eber see Flues, any fumbles. You're saying Eber there's Flues a chance. On to Fumble. So, like, Eberflus gave him a hard time last year. I don't know if the Bears defense will be able to stop Buffalo's offense. I don't know if vice versa, if, you know, if their offense will be able to score against Buffalo's defense, but. Eberflus gave him a hard time last year, so it's something to watch at least. Let's hope they can give us a game on Christmas Eve. Then you go to the second to last week of the season, a game that we already prefaced before. You go to Ford Field. You go to the Mecca of the Mac. You go to downtown Detroit, Motor City. Go play the Detroit Lions in probably a game that means nothing at this point in the season for either team. Like If we're being realistic, just a a bragging rights game, uh, a draft pick position game, but a game. And actually, I, I take that back. It'll mean something to the players on the field because we're at that point where it's like nobody's job should be safe. You know, if you had a shit season and, you, and you're not putting your best foot forward in these last few games, out of there. But <clears throat> probably a little bit closer. Uh, the Lions always play us tough at home, always make us earn it a little bit more. But I'm going to go back to something that Ron said a little bit earlier. I am not scared of Jared Goff. Jared Goff is not great. I've seen Jared Goff for the last five-plus years of my life, and nothing that he does scares me on a football field. I think a lot of his success was a beneficiary of the offense that he was in and the receivers that he had in L.A. So that's me with my Jared Goff minute, but I think the Bears are able to squeak out a – Probably like a game-winning field goal or a, a game-winning late drive to win this game against the Lions. What what better way to ring in the new year with it than with a second win over the Lions and uh, just keep it moving? That's all I've got. Let's just keep it nice and easy. Two dubs in the season. The one team you can guarantee in the NFL yeah. Bears can beat up on. Fucking this Lions. game's a generally a coin toss to me. I mean, I I think the Lions are going to be fighting. It's just a question if the Bears are healthy enough to have their best fighters on the field still. And, you know, I mean, I, I just – I'm a coin toss on this game. It's tough to win without kneecaps. Oh, my God. The kneecaps never get a shot. Okay. So, last, last and final game of the season. Week 18, January 8th against the Minnesota, Minnetonka, Minnesota Vikings. Uh, you got them at home. Let's go out and win a football game in the last week of the season. Why not? You know Ron will be there. I'm just kidding. 
Not not January, not January in Chicago, not maybe. January. Yeah. If it was up in Minnesota, maybe, but yeah. not, not in Chicago. Okay, I take that. Back. And we're over here wondering why everyone has a a, a dome. <laughs> See, all right. So I'll say this. I'll say this. Big fan. This is this is a a game that again probably won't mean much. You know, we're probably not going to be fighting for a playoff spot, but. I mean, look at how we played the Vikings down the stretch last year. I think we were up like 14-7 or 14-10 at the half. Like, very similar to the Packers game where it's like you could see the path to how we win this football game because they laid the bricks on that path so nicely in the first half. But part of the Bears' problem over the last few years is playing the full four quarters of football. And I think what better week than the final week of the season to build momentum for that next season, you know, the season that – that Quentin has dubbed, you know, 2023 is the season that we should arrive and should be back in the playoffs than to go out with a victory against a division opponent that has given you trouble. And, you know, you usually split with, sometimes we lose both of the games too. I can't, eh, Nagy was pretty good against the Vikings, but I think like talent wise, they have more than us and it could be a tough game, but I think it's a game that you got to have in the last week of the season. Just remember, Ryan Poles wanted to be in Chicago more than he wanted to be in Minnesota. That's and Jim, and Jim Harbaugh went back to Michigan, too. Yeah. So, I'm just – again, I agree with you. I think a split is always the goal with a team like the Vikings. Um, if you can't beat them in, in week five in their own building, you hope to get the, the win here just to close out the season on a high note in Eberflus's first year. I, uh, I feel like – Eberflus is going to be a guy who puts a lot of value on how his team finishes the year. I think the Bears players are going to be putting their all out there. I don't know much about Kevin O'Connell, Vikings' new coach. He's kind of pretty uh, understated guy. You know, just he shook Sean McVay's hand once, and boom, he's a head coach. Um, and I don't know that he's going to have that same type of mentality or that kind of drive to his players of we finish, we carry this into the off season, we carry it into the program into OTAs and we start next year on the right foot. I think Eberflus is going to be heavy on that. And I think that they'll, they'll, they'll win this game because of it. Yeah. I mean, there's no Viking horn. Justin, mm-hmm. Jefferson, Justin Jefferson is going to be cold and Adam Thielen's going to be cold and the ball's not going to fly around how it would you know, if that game was indoors. But some other news uh, for the Bears, one of the only, like, show notes I have is, uh, you know, the Mr. Mr. Five interceptions in the first half of a football game uh, has been signed to a contract to the Chicago Bears. And if you don't know who that is, his name is Nathan Peterman. He went to Pitt. Uh, John Gruden's favorite, you know, modern-day quarterback and Maybe that's why John Gruden's not a coach in the NFL. I'm just kidding. But he he kept giving this guy shots. And I think, like, because Gruden gave him that respect, I think somehow he got into what I just referred to like 10 minutes ago is that that backup quarterback fraternity where it's like these guys somehow keep getting jobs. And I I do not want to see any scenario where this guy ends up playing meaningful snaps for this football team. I'm sorry. He can help. Because he got the shots from Gruden, he can help a quarterback learn that Shanahan-style West Coast offense better than most other guys. 
because he's so been he's in it for multiple back. years. Gruden and Shanahan go back. Their offenses are are pretty similar. Same with Reed. I mean, they all branch off a little differently. Reed, Gruden, Shanahan all have ties together from the West Coast offense that they just kind of took their separate ways. But Gruden's is more similar to Shanahan than Reed. And, like, so those similarities will be kind of a teaching thing, I'm sure, from Peterman in the film room, helping him see stuff and recognize Reed's. Um, I wouldn't expect Peterman to make this roster. Uh, he's, a, he's a camp body. He's, thro- he's throwing the guys right now. Like, he's there because he can throw. And Is because he, he can throw to the right spot. Well, can he throw? I don't is, really yeah, know. I mean, but who, <laughs> you said he's throwing to guys, but is he throwing to the right he's, guys? He's a warm body at this point in the quarterback yeah. room. He's a warm body who knows the concepts. Uh, well, a concept idea for, for our Madden players. I don't see a lot in the <laughs> chat yet, but Nathan Peterman franchise. Why not? Why not us? You know, go win a Super Bowl. Yeah, you could, uh, you could on, put, on put Justin Fields out at wide receiver and uh, really yeah. kick ass. Oh, my God. I'd run – I'd run uh, – I'd run like a, a dual quarterback system where I would just like have Justin Fields in the slot. I'd move him around. I'd put him in the backfield. And then, you know, you just tap down on the on the button and then all the receiver icons appear and then it's boop, Justin Fields over the top. So <laughs> you guys have any final thoughts? Uh schedule, Nathan Peterman, anything from the last few weeks of the Bears? I'm gonna I'm gonna enjoy the summer, boys. I always do. Summer's a, a great time of the year, but there is nothing like football season, and the schedule release is just kind of that little tickle and taste for us here in March, uh, or pardon me, in May, um, to just you know get us through the summer, and then uh, before we know it, dude, we'll be talking about training camp and preseason games uh, here in you know just a few months. So, the first yeah. step in the right direction. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure I'll be overanalyzing every step of this schedule here pretty soon and just, like, diving into all this stuff that I don't need to be. But yeah. <laughs> that's how I'll fill my time. Um, I The Bears got a real nice schedule this year. They really did. If, if Eberflus can really build a culture this year and Justin Fields does take a step, you could see him do some stuff. Those Absolutely. are two big those are two big ifs. Like I wouldn't say those are expectations as much as far away possibilities. You know, but it's like it's something that I can get excited about. It's something that I I think they can have a shot to do well this year, even if it's a small shot. Yeah. Uh just because this schedule's very nice. Uh, and it's nice to have an easy schedule for the first time in a few years. No, yeah, I will so be, we'll see I will how be it goes. violently assaulting uh, over six and a half wins. So <laughs> that uh, that might be the Calvin Ridley lead pipe lock of the season. So we'll see how that works out. But does anybody else have any final thoughts? Negative okay. goes better. This was the 17-0 show presented to you by Bears on Tap. Brought to you by OnTap Sportsnet. I'm your host, Brandon Suarez. You can follow me on Twitter at BDON300. You can follow my co-host, Ron Luce, at Luce on Tap, And you can follow Quentin at ButtkissStats. We are Bears on Tap. We'll be back with you guys next Monday uh, to discuss another week of Bears news. As we said, you know, Monday is going to be our off-season day until you know, they strap the pads on, get back in training camp, and start playing actual games again. We really appreciate you, uh, you know, whether you're tuning in on on uh, iTunes, Spotify, or you're with us in the live show. We, we always appreciate the support. We'll be back to you guys next week. And Bear Don. Bear Don.
Bear Dan. <laughs>